This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Well, I will say for college basketball, I do think that you will start to see the real teams deeper on into the season because college basketball is one of those sports where the coaches have to figure out their rotations. The transfer portal is such a big deal, and there's only Mm -hmm. five guys on the court at a time. So, like, for a good chunk of the season, it feels like it's a lot of tinkering. So I'm not saying that that's not why you're looking at college basketball games, you know, early on the season. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying that sometimes it takes a while. So, like, if you've been sitting on the sidelines with college hoops, it's not too late. You know, you aren't missing a lot, and I do feel like this is the time where you start paying attention. When you're going into conference tournaments and when these teams have kind of figured out who they are. Because we can figure out who they are, and we have a much larger sample size for some of these games. Uh, before we get to the actual games, a bit of an update for a Big Ten school. Ohio State pulling the plug on Chris Holtman as head coach. Ohio State is usually a team that has a decent program uh, when it comes to just about every sport. And if you look at his overall record, 137-86, and 86, But the expectations at Ohio State, the Ohio State, I guess I should say, Mm -hmm. are always a little higher. And it just feels like that's the case here is that uh, the headline is that they've never made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So, Jenks, did this shock you, surprise you, anything? It did, but it didn't. And the reason why I say that is that I – I think that when you think of Ohio State, you always think of football, and I understand that. But ultimately, they've had a very good basketball program for a long time, with the exception of the past couple of seasons. And when I was looking deeper into the numbers yesterday, I was surprised. They're 9-25, and or they were 9-25 and under Chris Holtman over the past two seasons, and that's just not going to get it done. Whenever you're at a major university, you might be a football school, doesn't matter. Ohio State still has a pretty strong tradition of basketball, so when you play that poorly in conference and over a two-year span, and also to have a new athletic director coming in, I felt like I was a little surprised that it happened now in the middle of the season, but I think if you take a step back and look at the scope of how they performed relative to their recent history and relative to expectations, it really has been a huge letdown. So I'm not stunned that it happened. I'm stunned that it happened now. I thought they would wait until the end of the year. Yeah, I think so as well. But when you're flirting with last place in the Big Ten, like that's not a great place to be. Do you ever think that the urgency carries over from one sport to another? Like, do you think Mm -hmm. that there would be any residual effects if instead of Ohio State losing to Michigan this year, if Ohio State won a national title in football, and I know this is a stretch, but, you know, athletic directors are human. Do you think the urgency would still be there to fire a head coach in basketball? I I, I do think that relative to your athletic department success, it can certainly put more pressure on another program, particularly if you're talking about basketball compared to football or baseball, whenever your athletic department has a lot of money to spend and the athletic department is doing well across the board and you're the one sport, particularly a major sport that sticks out that isn't holding up its end, 
then yeah, I think the pressure is across the board. And also you just naturally receive more of the focus, right? People are focused in mm -hmm. on saying, why aren't you winning? Every other program that we have is having some sort of level of success and you're not. So I think that pressure is added when you have a huge school, because here's the thing. When you talk about an Ohio State or a Texas or a Michigan or Florida, these huge schools, even though they might be quote unquote like a football school, these are massive universities that have huge basketball fan bases as well. It's not like it's all football and nobody cares about basketball. They still fill up the arena, so maybe it's not as basketball focused, but you still have a large number of alumni who are passionate about the sport, and that adds the pressure as well, even if you don't think of them as being that way. See, I kind of thought it would go the other way, is if you have pissed yeah. off boosters that have just watched you know, your hated rival beat you in football, and now you turn the calendar to basketball season and things aren't getting better, Like, don't you think the, the pissed offness doubles? <laughs> you got to win at something, right? Like you, it's, it's, I think it's both, honestly. It's like you, A, if you're, if everyone's having success but you, that's one thing. And then if, and here's the thing, Ohio State has had success. So it, it's both mm -hmm. where, all right, we've had a ton of success. You need to have success. And also the one program where we want the most success, we're falling behind a little bit to our arch rival, which adds even more pressure to win at a high level. So I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. Yeah, I, I can see that. And college sports is so different because boosters actually make a difference. Like as mm -hmm. opposed to in the NFL, like fans, unless you're a part of like the Green Bay Packers and, you know, the the ownership, you don't really yeah. have a say. But like boosters are the ones giving money. So through one avenue or another, they actually have a say. So uh, we'll follow Ohio State. But right now, not looking so great for the Buckeyes. Let's move on to the slate today. Uh, let's start off in ranked action. We've got number 24, Florida Atlantic, like 19 and a half. Total of 147 and oh, a half. Lord. Jenks, when I'm doing my cursory glance through of all the college hoop lines, I don't think I ever even stop to think about taking a line this big. It has to take mm -hmm. a lot for me to really love a line this big because think about it i think for me it's thinking about the worst case scenario if you take a mm -hmm. team laying 19 and a half worst case scenario they lose outright you look like an absolute moron say if you take the other side you know 19 and a half and you say hey it's too many points you know worst case scenario they get blown out you say well you know they're getting a lot of points but you know there is a chance that they cover and there is a chance that I don't know. It just feels like you are laying a lot more on the line with your reputation when you're taking 19 and a half with any team. But I will say offensively, this is a good squad. And that's what you need when you're covering or wanting to cover a big number. So, Jenks, do you have a feeling here on a spread this large? Oh, God. No, I mean, 19 and a half. These numbers today are just bonkers. Florida Atlantic clearly has the experience here going to the final four last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a ton about FAU basketball. I'm not going to lie. Also having looked at the owls though, they're not particularly good at covering, covering the number and they haven't been good over their last 10. They're three and seven in their last 10 games against the number away from Philly. And I believe the projection is around 18 for FAU to win. So, God, I, 
I don't want to lay 19 and a half points, even against a team that isn't good against the number. That's just so huge. And Florida Atlantic can score. They like to be up-tempo, but that's just, that's a monster number. Oh, nice, nice point by Matt in the chat. They are both owls. Ah, yes. The owls versus the owls. So we're going to take the owls, right? Um, but you're right. I think if you're sweating a line this big, like, do you really want to be like, you know, glued to the end of this game, hoping mm-hmm. they make a free throw at the end to cover 19 and a half and a meaningless cover? No, I don't think that that's the thing for me. I think if you're looking at an underdog like this and saying, okay, you know, if you think they can even contend with a team that has a really good offense like FAU does, this is a top 15 offense. Would you consider mm-hmm. the over? Like, also, it's built into the number. So, like, let's get yeah. that out of the way. Uh, it's, what, 147 and a half? Do you think there's a correlation here if, you know, FAU can score some? Maybe they're trying to hang. Or, excuse me, if Temple can score some and maybe they can hang. Do you think these big uh, big numbers maybe point towards an over? Or I guess you could look at the other side and say, hey, they're going to get boat raced. Uh, and <laughs> they're going to take their foot off the gas pedal. Maybe you go with an under. Is there a play for a total here? I think that's probably the play is just to go with the over. There's always a chance, of Mm -hmm. course, that Temple could go cold and their offense is not great. That's the thing. You you would hope that Florida Atlantic runs it up. You know they're going to do that. The question is, can Temple get enough on the board to hit the over? That's probably the play. If I'm going to make a play here, I would feel more comfortable at least betting a total, betting an over or under as opposed to betting one of these sides here. So if you must play Temple in Florida Atlantic, then I think that's probably the play. Maybe you go over, but then again, and Bill is putting this in the chat, and he certainly knows college basketball. The Owls, the Temple Owls offense is fairly awful. So good luck, guys, if you got to have some action on this game. Yeah, I'm looking at their effective field goal percentage. They rank 351st in the country. (laughs) I don't know how many teams there are in college basketball, but it's not more than 400. So that's not great. Not great, Bob. All right, let's go on to a game that, well, it's another big spread. But here's the thing. Minnesota matching up with number two Purdue tonight. And Minnesota has been on a covering tear. The best record in Division I basketball against the spread, sitting at 20-3. and So, Jenks, I think that lead-in can make it really tempting when you're getting 16.5 points, total of 146.5. So this is a similar question. It's another big spread. Maybe this dog Mm -hmm. is a little cuter than last one. Maybe doesn't have as many fleas. Are you riding with Minnesota here? If Dawson Garcia plays, that's the thing. He is the absolute key here. And I'm not trying to be funny. He got hit in the old family jewels over the weekend. Took a shot to the Nads, could not return to the game, and he's going to be a game-time decision. This is according to head coach Ben Johnson. And this is this is absolutely key because, A, he's their leading scorer, and then, B, he's a center. So, obviously, mm-hmm. he would match up against Zach Eady. So, if you're going to – I like Minnesota a lot, but if Garcia doesn't play, then that's a big problem because you're losing points and you're losing – probably your most key defender, at least in this matchup. Purdue has not been good at home this season against the number. I would lean Minnesota, but make sure that Garcia is going to play. That is the real linchpin of this handicap. Okay, so this is a blind spot for me because obviously I can't relate. Do you think he'll really sit out because he got hit in the crotch? You know, normally I would say probably not, but here's the thing. 
when you get hit in the crotch, normally, all right, like it's uh, awful pain, right? And then eventually it subsides and then you're okay most of the time. But when you get hit in the nads and then you can't go back, and which is what happened against Iowa, he got hit so hard, he could not go back in the game. So, and if a couple days later, like it's Thursday, if you got hit between the legs on a Sunday, and then on a Thursday, your coach is like, we don't know if he's going to be able to go. Then clearly this is more than just your average injury. So normally I would say, ah, he'll suck it up. He'll play. But if he's still questionable for this game days later, this was more than just your average shot to the crotch. So I would say, be careful. I think he will play. It's a big game, but it's, it's not normal based on what you normally see for guys who get, take a shot and they come back in the game. I think this is the one instance where mansplaining <laughs> is okay. Cause clearly something I'm not yeah. familiar with, it still hurts, <laughs> but not the same deal. Uh, but just from a covering perspective, like if I were to take any side, it would be Minnesota. Some of the best teams that they have played uh, in the big 10 they've ran with, like took Northwestern to overtime and beat them. Hey, uh, hung with Iowa and a, a scoring fest, uh, a five point game, still a loss, but still, I think this team has a good shot at keeping it close with a Purdue team that has not been great at covering numbers. Just five, one, and uh, just six, five, and one against the spread at home this season. So sometimes that's the case with the blue bloods of college hoops. You are not getting any value and you have to lay massive numbers. So I'd take the other side, taking a look at Minnesota. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.